Welcome to The Thought Hackers, the show where you will learn how your mind works and discover how to change your thinking from leading experts and through inspiring stories. Good day, everyone. My name is Nathan Siegel. I'm with my colleague Hamish Baston out of Australia, and we are The Thought Hackers. With us today is a woman by the name of Dara Kurtz. She is the author of Crush Cancer and creator of the popular blog Crazy Perfect Life. When she was 42, she heard the words, you have cancer. It wasn't until she finished the difficult year of treatment that she began to see the benefits her cancer diagnosis brought. She started writing and now inspires people from all over the world. Dara feels she's one of the lucky ones and has a responsibility to help people going through their own personal challenges. Dara lives in Louisville, North Carolina with her husband, John, and their daughter, Zoe, 18, and Avi, 15. So, Dara, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you. It's, it's great to be here. Well, it's good to have you. So, this diagnosis of cancer, you said it was when you were 42. How long ago was that? It has been about four years, and it, it came out of nowhere. Like I think sometimes, uh, often these things do. One day I was fine, living life, driving carpool, working my working at my job, and then the next day I was sitting on an ugly couch, hearing a doctor say words like "mass," seventy percent chance of cancer, very concerned. And in that one moment, everything in my the whole landscape of my life completely changed. Yeah, hardly, hardly a surprise. I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to get a diagnosis like that. So when, when you received the news, what was your first reaction? My first reaction was, of course, you know, is this really happening to me or why is this happening to me? But I think it was probably one of, of shock. And um, I was really, I didn't look, I didn't look like someone who would get a cancer diagnosis. And I don't think there really is an, a picture of the person that you would think. But um, I was doing P90X every day and I was really taking care of myself and watched everything that I ate and, um, you know, managed my stress and really prided myself on eating like 10 servings of fruits and vegetables a day. And, you know, so it was just something that was so unexpected. And just besides being completely shocking, there was obviously that level of why me? Why did this happen to my family? Yes, of course. And what, what, what led up to it? Was there any obvious sign or like, what, how did it happen? How did you find out? So I had breast cancer and I, I had a cold and I couldn't get rid of the cold. And everyone in my family, we all had the same cold, but everyone else seemed to be getting better. And finally, I went to the doctor to get an antibiotic. And I, it, it, it would take a lot for me to go to the doctor and get an antibiotic. But finally, I just knew that I needed something to knock out my cold. And while I was there, I happened to notice, um, or I happened to mention to the doctor something that I had noticed that um, a, a little spot, a little nodule, if you will, um, a lump that I said, oh, by the way, is this anything to worry about? And I just assumed that 
the doctor writing my prescription would say, oh, you're fine. There's nothing to worry about. But that is not what that doctor said. And, you know, fast forward, um, that led me to go get a biopsy and ultrasound and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then to hear the words, you have cancer. Um, so if I, if I had, if I hadn't gotten that cold, I wouldn't have gone to the doctor mm. for that. So it was such a blessing that that happened. That's interesting. So once, once you found out that you had cancer, what happened? It was just a whirlwind of going to doctor's appointments. And I went from being a really healthy person who never really went to the doctor to all of a sudden having an oncologist and a radiologist and a plastic surgeon and a regular surgeon and a radiation oncologist and really just overnight. Um, and so I was able to meet with all of these doctors pretty quickly. I definitely wanted to be as aggressive as possible and um, went through surgery. And then I did do chemo and radiation and then a little bit more surgery. Um, and then just finally got to the other side of everything. And that was, that was when it got really hard. What happened? Well, I think when you're in the middle of going through all of those types of things, you're so focused on getting through surgery or getting through this round of chemo. You don't, you're not really processing or able to see all that you're dealing with. And so I got to the end of my treatment plan and then I was kind of told, okay, go back to living your life. But I had changed completely. I wasn't the same person anymore. And I of was course. left kind of, you know, thinking, how do I live? What do I do now? I couldn't just um, pick up and, and, and take off where I had been BC before cancer. Um, and so it was, it was really a hard place to be because I didn't know how to live and I didn't know what to do with the fear that I had. And I didn't know how to go forward knowing that there was a time in my life that cancer was inside my body. I found that incredibly unsettling. So when you realized that you were in this place, uh, these doctors, these people, certainly they were there for your health and recovery and so on, but did they give you? any guidance as to where you should go? I think doctors can see the physical issues. They can see what needs fixing. They knew how to, they knew how to do the surgery and administer the drugs and all the other things, but they couldn't see the thoughts that were going on in my head. They couldn't see the fear that I was dealing with. And so it was a challenge to figure out how to get from this place that I was in to how to make peace with the fact that it happened and, and move forward. And, and so I went through a, a lot of personal, um, you know, I went through counseling and focused on yoga and writing in my journal and reading a lot of things and, and really just trying to get to a place where I could make peace with it. But it wasn't something that someone could do for me. I had to do it for myself. Just like I think when anyone Understood. has gone through a traumatic situation, they can talk to other people who have been there and gone through it, but a lot of times you have to do the work yourself. Yes. 
And I, you know, following up on what you were saying, you you were talking about fear. So you, after this was done, you were dealing with a lot of fear. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, fear that that four letter F word. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was dealing with a lot of fear because I didn't. I felt like fear was kind of following me around like my shadow, and it was getting in the way of me really having the joyful life that I wanted to have. I was worried that could this happen again? Could it come back? If it happened to me, could it happen to someone else that I love? Just a, a plethora of fearful thoughts. It wasn't hard to come up with things to be afraid of. Um, and so I just, you know, I had to get to a point and I don't, I had to really kind of work through all of that and do it myself. Nobody could do it for me. And so I think what, any, what? anyone who goes through, whether it's, um, any kind of illness or someone going through, you know, God forbid a terrorist situation, or I mean, just any type of traumatic situation, I think fear is going to be there. Yeah, totally normal. We need a bit of fear with everything we do too to keep us going, and that's. Yeah. But sometimes true. it just becomes so overwhelming and and crippling that we just can't do anything with it. A lot of people we talk to, and you hear so many stories of people that do get diagnosed with cancer, who totally shift into a very motivated state, and knowing that they've got to go through the journey of treatment and recovery, um, they can easily kick into a, a gear of. I'm going to beat this, nothing's going to stop me, and I know what I'm... And they start forging forward in a very defined manner. What you're explaining, you, you're very lost in there with your thinking and the fear was, was really taking over. And this is where a lot of people with trauma do, do place themselves and just have no idea. You can see sort of where you want to be, um, what outcomes you want, but no idea how you're going to get there and and everything's just sort of going around like a in a washing machine and it's just... Uh, sort of what you're explaining, um, had no idea how to get there. What was the, what was the turning point? What 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 actually happened for you to, sort of cross over that barrier to then start, moving forward with where you are now. I think I got to a point where I was just getting on my own nerves. Truthfully, <laughs> <laughs> I I I think one day I just realized, you know what? I have a choice. And I can keep going the way I'm going, or I can actively choose to figure it out, to make peace with it, to focus on all the blessings that I have. And I was really lucky. I did actually find and was diagnosed relatively early. So I had so many things going for me. But, you know, I wasn't, from where I sat, I was the mom in the carpool line that everyone felt sorry for. And uh. it, it didn't feel like I had a lot going for me. But in retrospect, and then thinking about and processing everything that I had kind of seen, I realized that I had met so many people on my journey that maybe some of them didn't make it. And I felt like I had a responsibility for them to kind of snap out of it and figure it out and then do something good with what I was given, which was an opportunity to kind of go through something really hard, but then get a clear picture of what was really important to me and figure that out. And now I'm 46 now. So I feel like maybe I've been lucky in that 
I went through this at a relatively young age, but I have this insight and this clear picture of what my priorities are and what's important to me. And I can travel through the rest of my life with that and maybe help other people along the way. So, you know, you were talking about this thing that snapped you out of it. What exactly did you do that got you out of that state of where you were to where you are now? I went through, I went through a lot of counseling. I went through, I, I did yoga. I took a lot of long walks by myself. I just spent a lot of time alone with my thoughts, with my journal, figuring, just kind of focusing on, you know, processing everything that I had been through, what I had seen, where I was. Um, and then I let myself kind of go there. What would happen if my worst case scenario happened? What would that look like? And I really faced the fear and kind of thought through what that, I, I kind of envisioned what that, what that looked like. And then once I did that, I was able to kind of go to the other side and, and kind of move past it. And, and that really helped me. I also, um, I created a personal mantra for myself. And for me, that was four sentences that spoke to my heart that I could say to myself. And so whenever I started to feel like fear was creeping in or my thoughts were taking over, I just automatically would say those four sentences back to myself. And over time, as I practiced it, it just became something that I could automatically maybe just be in the waiting room of a doctor's office and start to get a little bit nervous about meeting with my doctor for a checkup and then take a deep breath and start saying that personal mantra. And it worked. And the more I did it, the more the relaxation response was started and the, and the, the, the immediate calming ability of that just kind of fed off of it. And it was amazing, um, the power of that for me. And it's actually, it's not surprising from my perspective. I'm very familiar with yoga, meditation, and mantras. Uh, I was part of a group for years, and we, we had a mantra that everybody used. And you are absolutely correct when you say that when you repeat it over a period of time, it's the focused attention which takes your your mind, your your it it directs your concentration in such a way to help you move away from those fearful thoughts. It helps you center, and I'm sure you know that. And when that happens, the fearful thoughts diminish; they eventually go away. And you've seen the power of that for yourself. So really, really good that you discovered that on your own. It's uh, most people I don't know would would come up with that. So. You're very fortunate in many ways. I, I feel like, um, yeah, I am very fortunate. And even today, it's something that I, it's it's part of my life having that mantra. It's not the same one today that it was then. I definitely change it when I feel like I need a new mantra. But um, I always say, you know, this isn't some new age mumble jumble kind of thing. Um it, I mean, it's true. It, it really works. It's real. And anyone can do it. It can work for anyone. Yes, absolutely. And it's interesting that we wound up speaking to a fellow last night who's involved with Transcendental Meditation. He was talking about the mantras. Same idea. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Dara, it sounds like you went through a lot of this journey on your own, and you've and and as you've been saying, you've been finding out the the things for you to make your changes on your own, and and a very big thing that you said that we hear a lot with uh, a lot of our guests and it happens with everyone is the choice that they make. It's coming to that point where I have a choice. I can go this way or I can go another way and stepping into that and doing it. I'd like to know with so much you've been doing on your own and looking at a lot of the stuff, you've a lot of your stuff online where you've, you've got great daughters and, and husband and where were they with all this? How was, how was the, the whole family sort of coming together with all this where? So I was, I definitely wasn't on my own when I went through all of this. I had amazing support from my husband and we've been married for over over 25 years now. Um, And then my daughters, they were 11 and 14 at the time. So And and they would have had just as much fear. Yeah, that was really hard for me. I had a lot of guilt about watching them struggle with my illness. That actually was probably one of the hardest parts of the whole experience for me is just seeing them deal with the fear and the anxiety and um, not being able to really fix it for them. And so they had to develop and learn skills because life is uncertain for all of us. Just turn on the news tonight and you'll see that random things have happened to people that when they got up this morning, they didn't know that was going to happen. So we, we have to have the ability to cope. We have to have the ability to move forward and deal with things. Um, but my kids at the time, again, were 11 and 14 and, and they didn't necessarily have those skills. So that was something that they had to develop and learn. And I think it'll definitely make them stronger adults. Now they're 18 and 15, and there's a lot of positives in terms of the young women that they are today because of what we went through. But I had a lot of support. I had extended family and amazing friends. But at the end of the day, they couldn't fix all of the things that were going through my head. It was something that I had to fix for myself. I had to make peace with it myself. And so um, as much as they wanted to help me and support me, and they were absolutely there for me, there were things that that just couldn't be fixed by anyone but me. And so I feel like the work, you have to go through the work. You have to be willing to do the work when you are finding yourself in a situation like this. And there is a, a there is an active choice that we all get to make. And and so you can decide to actively make the choice to deal with it or you can decide or you cannot make the choice which is I guess not making that active decision to deal with it and it's going the other way. But either way time is going to pass. And so I just I didn't want to live the rest of my life feeling that way. Yeah, and there's an important thing that you said about what you've been doing, something I've done quite a bit of personally, and you were talking about facing the pain, facing the fear, facing that. And for those people who are listening, it's extremely important that when you wind up in a situation like this or even something different where you're dealing with intense fear, intense pain, it's incredibly important to be able to face it, to sit with it, because the natural response is to run away. Which, right. was, which is what we're programmed to do. The hardest thing to do is to sit with it 
when you sit with it though, as you discover data, that's when the the possibility for transformation can happen. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's it's I guess giving yourself the permission to sit with it and recognizing that it's going to be okay. You can sit with it and think about it and you can get to the other side of it. Absolutely true. It's why I wanted to bring it up because for, like I said, for our listeners, this kind of thing is extremely important and I don't think a lot of people know about it and your story gives us the opportunity to, to highlight that. Because when you, when you really look fear, when you really face that which which you're afraid of. And the other day I was writing a blog post about different types of fears and I Googled fears and there are so many different kinds of fears that people can be experiencing. Um, and they all have really big names too. Um, like I can't remember the word for it, but there was, there's a really big word for the fear of dust. I mean, there's just, there's basically a fear for everything. Um, but when you sit in that space and allow yourself to go there and think about your worst case scenario, which for me would be not being here to raise my daughters, that would be my worst case scenario. Um, but then if you, then I, you know, I realized that's not the way I would ever want things to go. But if, if God forbid that happened, it would be okay. They would be okay. And so really allowing myself to go there helped me move past it so dara with where you are right now with um all the journey that you've been through and got rid of the fears and now moving forward and writing the book and and everything that you're doing now can you tell us a bit more about that so when i was finished with everything i launched my blog crazy perfect life with the intent to find my voice and be able to share my story and just write about life and write about all the craziness that we all go through and so i didn't know what to expect when i did that and it 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 really did well and i started hearing from people from all over the world and on social media and it was amazing and it led me to write my book that recently came out called Crush Cancer, which is really the book that I needed when I was initially diagnosed that wasn't out there before. And, you know, everyone kept sending me flowers when I was diagnosed. And at one point we had over 20 different flower arrangements in the house and I didn't need flowers. I didn't need I didn't need someone to keep sending me flowers and giving me orchids. I needed inspiration and I needed hope and I needed someone to tell me how to move forward. And that's what the book Crush Cancer does for anyone who finds themselves in that situation. Yeah. And ironically, you've tapped in very nicely to one of the major reasons why we created this podcast was to give people inspiration from multiple different sources, people like you on trauma and the central one of the central things is it doesn't have to be this way there's another way to live here are some options absolutely you can go through a hard time and you can get through it to the other side and you can come out stronger and you can really learn how to make the most of the rest of your life taking the lessons that you've learned and going forward and that's what i try to do we can't change the the events that of, of what happened in our lives it's um it's what we make of them and 
moving forward from that i'm I'm just connecting i've I've just got this image of flowers myself dara i know exactly what you're talking about when my wife passed away i just had my house was just so full of flowers and i was i don't need these yeah no the school guidance counselor called me and said dara you've got to get rid of the flowers they're causing daughter's anxiety and because it looked like a funeral parlor it really did and that's not what we needed we didn't need flowers we needed we, but what you said a second ago, I think is really true. And that is that you can't change what happened. You have to accept whatever it is that you find yourself having gone through and yes. accept that that is just part of your story. It doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to define the rest of your life. And then you can kind of take the lessons learned and, and move forward, trying to help other people sharing what you've figured out and, um, taking the blessings that maybe you're able to see a little clearer because of what you went through and, and carrying that with you through the rest of your life. You've used the word blessings quite a bit um, from, from the start, and it's a really nice word. We haven't heard this word a lot, have we, Nathan? Blessings. Hmm. And I, I can imagine also, Dara, that at the very beginning uh, when you were in that doctor's office and got the diagnosis, that acceptance at that point was a very important thing as well. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really latch on to the whole acceptance thing at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. In reflect, in reflection. In reflection, there was no acceptance at the beginning. Um, yep. I mean, there was just anger, and I felt really sorry for myself and for my family. And I stayed in that space for a long, for for a long time. I made it, I made it so much harder on myself than I needed to. But I, it's mm. easy for me to say that today when I can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's part of the journey. It's it's and to acknowledge it. Yeah. Mm. So what is, what is your advice with for people at in in your book with where they are at that start of that journey? If they have just been diagnosed with cancer, what do they expect to come into where it's going to help them straight away? I think that the reason that I wrote Crush Cancer is for hopefully people to read when they're going through the journey. And I'm very open with the fact that I made it so much harder on myself because yes. the bottom line is you can get a terrifying diagnosis and you can get through it. And if I had, if I had taken, if I had had the ability to kind of see clearly and kept the big picture top of mind and counted all the blessings. And there's that word again. But if I had, <laughs> if I had, if I had been able to open my eyes and felt grateful for having a great medical team and finding my cancer early and having the kind that I had and all the research that had been done. And, you know, if I had just been able to carry gratitude with me throughout the journey, it would have made it a lot easier instead of feeling sorry for myself and focusing on what I didn't have or what wasn't going well, it would have helped me significantly. And yes, so yes. hopefully that's what I try to help people see. And I walk people through the whole entire situation. So I share my story and everything that really I wish that someone had told me that I figured out, but it would have been a game changer for me to have, known all that going through what I went through. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And the other thing that you mentioned, which is also very important, and it's come up in some of our other podcasts, which is the word gratitude. 
is such an important practice and it does make a real difference and a lot of people don't realize that that sometimes some of the simplest things you can do can have far-reaching results a hundred percent so for for the people who've been listening here if they want to get a copy of your book where would they go for it the easiest place to get a copy of my book is on amazon cool (laughs) shocker right yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> crazyperfectlife.com and that links up to Amazon as well perfect that was my next question So, I've also recently started a closed Facebook group called Crush Cancer for anyone who is, is a patient or a survivor or supporting or helping a friend or family member going through cancer and okay. it's, I invite anyone to join that as well now, you've also mentioned a, a two free chapters of your book and workbook. Yeah. So um, my book, Crush Cancer, I also wrote a supplemental workbook, which it goes chapter by chapter. It's definitely not a requirement, but it's for someone who wants to dig a little deeper. So um, they can read the one chapter and then they can go to the workbook and work through some of the things that I've discussed in the book. And two of uh, two chapters of my book, as well as the workbook, are available on my website at crazyperfectlife.com for free. Excellent. And so anyone can download those. Perfect. Because I know Thank you so I, much. So yeah, of course, it's my pleasure. I know this will help anyone who finds themselves hearing those terrifying words, "You have cancer," and so I wanted to give my those chapters for free because I I wanted people to see how it really would benefit them and how it could be such a game changer for them. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on the show. It's good to hear about your strategies, your, your journey, the whole works. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So for those of you who have been listening, our guest tonight has been Dara Kurtz. My name is Nathan Siegel. I'm with my colleague Hamish Baston out of Australia. And we are the Thought Hackers. And we will speak to you again in the very near future. You've been listening to the Thought Hackers. Make sure you subscribe and get each new episode emailed straight to you so you don't miss a show. And have a look at our resources page where you will find programs, audios and books that will create change in your thoughts.